Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. How many had a great Christmas? Raise your hand. You had a great Christmas, so I hope you had a great time. We had an, uh, just an amazing Christmas at Avenue Church. We saw over, I think it was 343 people on Christmas Eve, uh, uh, Christmas Eve day. And uh, so that was just amazing to see that also. So I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, in the, I'm, this is, worship was so good that we had the presence, this is presence of God, this is not haze, but worship was so good today in that. So we had a great Christmas Eve. I'm excited for uh, all that's going to take place. So happy new year. Turn your neighbor and say happy new year. Happy new year. I'm excited for 2018. Uh, how many are you going, how many are going to, raise your hand if you're going to stay up till midnight. You got till midnight. You're doing the midnight thing? Look at you guys. How many are going to count down with New York City? New York City? We've got some New York City people. All right. I like this. Wow, that's a lot. Raise your hand midnight. You're like, you're going to go all for it, right? Martinelli's pop. Woo! Kiss somebody. Kiss the dog. Anybody. Every year for New Year's Eve, my wife, she either worked at the Bellagio. She used to do catering uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. And so she would do catering. I'd be home by myself. Like, Happy New Year, you know. Woo! Or uh, then she stopped and she came home and I thought, babe, you're here for New Year's Eve. We could celebrate together. And together meant she was next to me in bed sleeping and I was just watching Dick Clark. Come on, Dick. Come on, somebody. Happy New Year to us. So we're going to be counting down with New York City tonight or at that Netflix where you can put it on, trick your children, right? And say, oh, we're counting down at 8 o'clock at night. But man, we're excited for New Year's. We're excited for a new year. Often with New Year's Eve, there's a lot of New Year's resolutions. And the reason why we have New Year's resolutions, how many of them I'm talking about? Because we've developed some bad habits. And in those bad habits, we want to replace those bad habits with some good habits, with some better habits. And so I'm going to ask you for a show of hands, because I know it's New Year's Day. This is kind of like a family service, what it feels like for me today. So raise your hand if you're like, I got some bad habits and I need to change. I'm going to change some bad habits today. And it's not like sinful, okay? If you're here first time, guess we love you. But bad habits, you can raise your hand and say, bad habits. I got some bad habits and I want to kick some. So whether it's a snacking habit, leave the lights on habit, whether it's, you know, staying up too late habit, whatever your bad habit can be, we want to replace it with some good habits. I was thinking about all my bad habits and I was thinking about, okay, God, not only do I want to do a, you know, a New Year's resolution or goals or life change or whatever you want to call those things, I begin to remember even way back then, I used to have a bad habit of leaving the cupboard doors open when I, when I was a, a teenager. So I would get something out of the kitchen and, and leave it, walk away from it, leave it open. And sometimes it comes to fruition in my marriage. Sometimes my wife will call me out and remind me that cabinets are to remain closed. And so I was remembering that bad habit. I used to have a bad, bad, bad habit way back in the day when I wouldn't rewind my VHS. How many of you I'm talking about? VHS. Where are my baby boomers at? Come on, somebody, right? VHS. How many remember the VHS? If you're younger here, VHS was this ginormous cassette that we would pop into a VCR and we would watch videos on it, videos on it. And that even that large VHS, <laughs> say it like it's like a museum thing, VHS. A VHS. a VHS would go inside of a camera. How many remember that camera? You're all like this, a ginormous camera. It's like a boombox, right? You had the boombox for music, and then you had a camera for video. And my dad would take it to school plays. He'd take it uh, hunting or ice He would just have this ginormous thing. You know, the video camera pops out, comes that VHS, pop it in. One time, 
my dad popped in a VHS to record a television show. Not a good thing to do, so he recorded over my sister's third birthday, and he's no longer married to my mother, but we love him. <laughs> but we used to go to a store in Fargo, North Dakota called Take-Two Video, all right? It wasn't even Blockbuster. It was Take-Two Video, and we would go there, and we could pick out of all these different VHSs. You can go to the action, the romantic area. You can go all these different genres or movies, and every time I would pay for it, I would tell my account, our family account, and they would always say, you have late fees. How many of you I'm talking about, right? You have late fees. Now, back then, they couldn't get you digitally, all right? So back then, I'd be like, my brother is going to pay for that. His name's John Bosma, okay, J-O-N. And they would write it down. And every time my brother went in, he had to pay the late fee because God bless him. God has blessed him to be a blessing in my life. But every time I went home, we would watch a video or a movie, and then we would take that VHS out and you know you were blessed when you had a VHS, not a VCR, but a VHS rewinder. How many of them I'm talking about? You pop that thing in a separate deal. There's my people there, huh? right? When that came out, we were like, God is good. Like, technology is here, you know? And so we popped this thing inside of an entirely different recorder so we can get all the next Disney movies on and Die Hard on, because that's a great Christmas movie, Die Hard. But we have that VHS recorder or rewinder. I love that. As I was remembering that, every VHS from the video store had a sticker on there that said, be kind, rewind. How many remember that? Yeah. Be kind, rewind. All right. I know we're getting like, like, we're going back right now. I'm taking some of you back right now to the good old early 90s. I don't know what, maybe late 80s. We're going back to VHS. We're excited for that. And, uh, but we have some bad habits, but I want us to be kind to ourselves, because we could beat ourselves up, but let's be kind to ourselves and let's rewind. Let's take a look back at what God has done. I even love, when I said 80s, we're going to do a series next, starting next week called um, Let's Try That Again, and we're going to be talking about those in the Bible that failed miserably, but they got to try it again. How many know that we're going to mess up, but we need to be kind to ourselves. We need to rewind, but we need to say, I need to try that again. Let's not, you know, we all mess up. We all screw up, but we, live, we serve a God of grace. We serve a God of mercy. And God says, I don't care. I forgive you. Let's repent and let's move forward. Let's try that again. And so if you have children, how many remember after you're first born, you have a second one? Let's try that again. We, we know what not to do. And so let's try that again. Then if February, we're going to do a relationship series. We're going to talk about singlehood. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about sex. And we're calling that mixtape series. We're calling that mixtape. And so we're going to have fun with that. I'm asking if you got any 80s gear, any 80s apparel, or you got some old stuff, an old foot phone, can we borrow it for a little bit? We're going to do a photo shoot and we're going to have 80s gear. We're going to go nuts. Remember, I want the ladies to come in with that hair. Remember the hair? Get that hair going back again, all right? Your hair was praising Jesus. 80s, everybody was saved in the 80s. And so maybe the fro, we've got lots of different things, but we're going to be talking about the relationship series. But then February 11th, we're going to be celebrating our one year as a church. One year as a church. 
We did it, guys. We did it, right? One year as a church, and I'm excited because we're going to party, and we're going to celebrate what God has done, but we're also going to celebrate you as well. And so I want us to be kind, and I want us to rewind. And so if you've got your Bibles out, get your Bibles out, get your notes out, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, however you can do to take notes. If you've got a Connect card, flip that over, and we can take notes on the backside of that card. But I want us to be able to jump into 2018. But before we do that, I want us to rewind. I want us to remember all that God has done here at this church, all that God has done in our lives. I love this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. And I love what it says. It says, so I will always remind you of these things. I will always remind you of these things, that even though you know them and are firmly established in truth, you now have. And so we all know, we all understand the goodness of God. We all understand that God is awesome. He's great. If you're a first-time guest, we want to help you find that next step. We want to help you say, hey, we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose, and we want you to make a difference. But we want to also remind you, simply remind what God has done in our lives. In order to move forward, sometimes we got to look backwards. Sometimes we got to say, you know what, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to rewind it a little bit. But I'm also going to be kind as I rewind. It's not the message today, but can we remind ourselves of what God did in 2017 for Avenue Church? I know you can stand in your seats. And I know you could look back and say, you know what? You know, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. But let's take a moment to say, look what God did. Look what God did in my life. I'm alive today. Look what God did in my life. He gave me that promotion. Look what God did in my life. He began to turn, off. He began to turn my course. You know what? Maybe my life isn't all, you know, sunflowers and, and rainbows and sunshine. But you know what? I'm on the right path. I'm going the distance. I'm going where God wants me to go. Here at Avenue Church, I was looking back over the entire year and I began to write down just a few things. But on average, on average, we've seen 280 people every Sunday at Avenue Church. I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome. And here's why I think that's incredible. In our first year having that average, that means every number is a name and every name has a story. And now in 2018, I would love to hear more of your stories. I want to hear stories of not only just how you got here, but what God is doing in your life. That we heard Brenda's story uh, two weeks ago on video, and we want to hear so much more. We heard Victor's story on video, things like that. Why? Because don't ever dismiss or discredit what God is doing in your life. Your story can be somebody else's story. Your story can help someone to rewind and then move forward into the things that God has. When we launched, we launched with 389 people. So folks, we're 100 people away from our launch day. That's incredible. Why? Because God is helping us to make a difference in Las Vegas. We've seen 100, you better get crazy over this one. We've seen 100 and 33 people graduate from Grow Track in 2017. 133 people. That's awesome. Those are people that sat in a class. Oh my goodness. And we've rewritten it. That it's a class and an app session. And so it's part class and part um, app where you get to do things. You get to discover things. You get to shop around. And so I'm excited that 133 people. We even have uh, stats. 74 people, have had at least, they've at least taken one step. They haven't graduated yet, but they've taken one step. So let's clap for that because that's another whole other group. 74 people have done that. 
Uh, I got to write this down. Here's the big number. Since launch day, we have 119 people that said yes to Jesus and given their lives to Jesus Christ. 119. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. We're only, we're only 11 months old. And I'm here to tell you, folks, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We serve a big God, and the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Now, this isn't our church. This is God's church. The Bible says that God said, I will, Jesus himself said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So come at us. God is building this thing. We, we're, our job is simply just to build people. So I'm excited. So we're going to rewind today, and we're going to look at all that God did. But here, I want to I take, take a moment to pause to pause. This is my second point this morning. We're going to rewind, but then we're going to pause. That I've learned over the years, in order to move forward, we need to pause. In Job chapter 37, verse 14, this is the good news translation. It says, pause a moment, Job, and listen. You see, if you know Job's story, he had everything. It was going great. And the devil himself, they had like a little board meeting up in heaven. And the devil came in with the angels and God himself and said, hey, you know, God said, there is a great man on earth. His name is Job. Some of you might think, I thought that was Job. No, that was Job. He was a great man in, on, that lived here in this earth. And the devil said, you know what? If you take away all his blessings, take away his family, take everything that he has, I think he'll curse your name. And God said, sure, why not? Go ahead. See, if I was Job, I'd be like, excuse me. You know what I mean? Like, not volunteering for that. And if you begin to read through the book of Job, he had three friends that were supposed to be a support to him. They, be, they, be, they begin to badmouth him, all that. And here in the book of Job, on Job, excuse Job, on Job, verse, uh, chapter 37 says, pause a moment, Job, and listen. Consider the wonderful things that God does. We live in a culture where we move, move, move. It's fast. It's fast-paced. We're looking back. Some of us, maybe at the end of the day, will look through our day and say, I need to improve on this. I need to get better, and I need to be excellent. I need to be successful. I need to do this. I want tomorrow to be better. Here we go. And I'm asking you as your pastor, can we simply pause? Can we pause and say, I'm God. I'm going to listen to what you have in store for me in 2018. Did you know the best way to pause is to fast? In order to live a, in order, it is no longer living, excuse me, it is no longer living a fast forward life, but it's hitting pause on our life. So what I want us to do today is I want us to hit pause on our life so that we can hear God's voice. Let's hit pause on our life so we can hear God's voice. It is so crucial that I feel like that every time I pause and I hear God's voice, I'm able to do more, achieve more, because he's the one that's in control. He's the one that has written a plan for our life. He's the one that knows exactly what we need. So the best way to pause and to, is to pray and to fast. And so as a church, we're going to call a 21-day fast. Hopefully you've seen it on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we shared it even on Christmas Eve in our video announcements. But we want to do a 21-day fast. And I understand we're a young church. We're uh, 11 months old. But I want to walk you through what fasting is. See, the goal of fasting is to get closer to Jesus, to hear clearer from the Holy Spirit, and to be really serious about growing in God.
Fasting's a wonderful thing. It's a tough thing, but it's a wonderful thing. That fasting eliminates distractions. That's one of the most powerful things about fasting. That God, I've been fast forward in my life. I've been going crazy. It's been hustle. It's been busy. All those things. Nothing wrong with that. But today, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pause for 21 days. Your personal fast should present a level of challenge. But it's very important to know your body, your options. But most importantly, seek God in prayer. Let's not be legalistic about it, but let me share the different kinds of fasts that you can do. That first one is what we call a complete fast. These are like hardcore people, all right? You're hardcore, you love, I love Jesus, all right? So complete fast, that is only liquids. You're only going to do water, you're going to do juice, but liquids only. And when I say 21 days, that's just a timeline we're setting as a church. Do one day, do a week, do seven, do 14 do whatever it is that God has placed on your heart. We're big on that. The reason why at Avenue Church, we don't pass buckets for money, nothing like that, because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver that he's placed an amount on your heart. Let God speak to you of what you want and what he wants you to do for a fast. But the reason why we're starting tomorrow, because tomorrow is January 1st, I want us to tithe our, our 2018 and say, God, I'm going to give you the first 21 days. I'm going to give you the first three weeks out of the 300 days out of the year. So complete fast, liquids only. Uh, number two is a selective fast. A selective fast is what many call Daniel fast. Daniel in the Bible, he fasted. He purposed in his heart to fast for many, many days. But also, when he prayed the first day, 21 days later, he got his answer back. And so that's how we get our number 21. But in his selective fast, he was able to do no meats, no sweets, no treats, all right? So anything that's not tasty, that's probably a Daniel fast, all right? So lots of nuts and all those different things like that. So Daniel fast. If you want to do a Daniel fast, you can go on our website. But man, go to Pinterest and just search out Daniel fast recipes. You'll have all kinds of things there. A partial fast. A partial fast is called a Jewish fast or a John Wesley fast. And in that fast, you can eat only when it's dark out. I did that one year when I was an intern. It was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pick that one. I like that one. So we wouldn't eat all day. And then like when it came, like we would watch the sun go down. Like, thank you, Lord. And the sun would go down. And then we would just tear it out. Like, I'm not like unhealthy stuff. Cake and ice cream. We're eating till midnight, you know. And so that wasn't very helpful for us. But for many here today, you know your body and you know exactly what, what kind of fast would work for you. So there's a selective fast, a partial fast. But then there's a... Um, a soul fast. I love this. This is a great option if this is your first time. A soul fast is a fast where you're able to um, fast something that you love more than God. Fast something that you just love. I love fill in the blank. I love this, but I'm going to give that up for 21 days. That every time I want to do, you know, partake in that or do that, I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to stop myself and I'm going to pray. Father, thank you that you're such a good God. Father, thank you. You're in control of my life. I want you to get a uh, version. Go to version and get the version app on your smartphone, your iPads, whatever, and do a 21-day Bible reading plan in that. And so maybe, maybe you want to jump towards social media and you say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to jump into my 21, 21 devotional. Or maybe you can go to a bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, get a devotional. And let that be your 21 days of, of replacement. I wrote this down. Every year I, I would do food, a food fast of some type. And then I would also do social media. 
And every time I do social media, I would find myself. First thing I wake up, reach for my phone. And go, oh no. Or in the idle time, if I'm sitting in the doctor's office, what do we do? We pull our phone out, right? Social media, we got to see what the world's doing. I'm a, you know, I got to find out if everyone's okay. Is the world still going on without me? And every time I would do that, I would realize how much social media took away my idle time. And my idle time would often be my God time. And so I said, God, I'm going to fast 21 days, and I'm going to give my idle time to you. I want you to know it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be connected. It's not a bad thing to check in on Facebook right now and say you're at Avenue Church. It's not a bad thing to take notes on Facebook right now. It's not a bad thing to follow your pastor. It's okay at Jeremy Bosma, at Jeremy Bosma. It's not a bad thing. But for some, maybe in the next 21 days, we say, God, I'm going to give up something. I'm going to give up something. I'm going to replace it with you. Replace it with prayer. Replace it with fasting. I'm going to replace it and begin to go after you. It's not a bad thing to be connected, but make sure you're connected to Jesus first. Here's the thing about fasting. Fasting can be very uncomfortable. That we need to reframe our concept of happiness. There's so many times, I'm, I'm guilty of this. We think our happiness is based upon our comfort. That when we're comfortable, I am happy. Fasting takes away our comfort. Comfort is overrated. And I hate saying that, but how many heard, no pain, no gain, right? Comfort is overrated, but I like comfort, right? I like comfort foods. Come on, somebody, where's my comfort food people at? I like comfortable living, all right? Give me something soft, not hard, right? I want, I want comfort in my life. But I want you to understand this. It doesn't lead to happiness. It leads to laziness. It leads to laziness. That discomfort can be a catalyst for growth. It forces us to change. It forces us to stretch. It forces us to adapt. Discomfort is often a sign that we're making progress. The disciples were supposed to be praying on the night that Jesus was betrayed. And Jesus came out and they're sleeping. And Jesus is like, hey, wake up. And he said, you need, will you stay up and will you pray? And Jesus says a statement, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. And so when we fast, we show, our, we show our flesh who's really in charge, which is our spirit. So discomfort is often a sign that we're making progress. When we get a little uncomfortable, it shows that the season is coming. It shows that, and the Bible says, if we don't quit in due season, we will reap a harvest. So I wrote this down. When we fast, I'm going to hurry up. When we fast, we become weaker and God becomes stronger. When we fast, we become weaker, and God becomes stronger. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. You hear that? I have plenty of grace. I have lots of grace. My grace is sufficient, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For my power is made perfect in weakness. How do you know I'm supposed to fast, Pastor Jeremy? When you're going, this is not, I don't want to. Then it's a good sign we should. Why? Because his power is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, I boast more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Where we rely on our own strength, we feel confident and in control, which isn't a bad thing until the heartache and conflict come our way. Come our way. 
That oftentimes when we're in control, we blame others. We move in. We try to fix it ourselves. We harbor bitterness instead of forgiveness. We, we believe it's not our fault, but we need to rely on Jesus because he's the one who's in control. Father, I'm making myself weak over the next 21 days. Social media, food, television, internet, whatever it is. I'm not asking you to be a caveman, but I'm asking you, God, I give you this. Because I enjoy this, and I need to enjoy God's presence for 21 days. My weakness, his, his, I am made perfect in my weakness. And number two, we find out what God is up to when we fast. We find out what God is up to when we fast. See, when we started this church so many years ago, we started this church based upon a fast. God put a dream in our heart to start this church. We said, okay, God, are you sure about that? Are you positive? And God said, yes, I want you to plant a church. God, where do you want us to plant a church? What do you want it to be called? Do we tell people, what is this? And my wife and I, we did a 21-day fast. During that fast, we heard the name. During that fast, we knew the location. Why? Because when we fast, we find out what God is up to. God put a dream in our heart, but we wanted him to be in control. We wanted him to do things God's way. I want to tell you this. We might be clever. We might be smart, the most smart person in the room. We might be clever, but we didn't want to fail. With, with God, if we listen to the voice of God, the instructions from God, we will never fail in Jesus' name. Amen? So our first step at Avenue is to know God. And many of us have taken that step, but we can't assume that we have an inside track of knowing what God knows. That's what fasting does. Fasting helps us to have a relationship with God. Fasting, number three, makes us more grateful. Makes us more grateful. Every time I do a fast, at the end of it, I say, God, you're incredible. You're amazing. I'm in tune to your spirit, Father. I can hear your voice. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14 says, Always thanking the Father. He enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and gave us the kingdom of light. We become grateful for what God has done in our lives. Fasting makes us grateful. Uh, at the end of the fast, on January 21, it's a Sunday night, January 21st, that's our last day of fasting, we're all going to come back here and we're going to do a worship night. And that worship night, we're going to glorify God, we're going to praise God. It's going to be incredible because our expectation is going to be higher. And when our expectation's higher, the spirit comes down a little bit lower. The spirit wants to see healing, the supernatural. But how about this? After the worship night... We're going to break our fast. How many become real grateful for cheeseburgers? Come on, somebody, right? You become real grateful for those comfort foods. You say, taste and see the Lord is good. I'm going to have cheesecake and just dive into it. It's going to be amazing. But we become grateful for what God has done our, 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 because our focus to become shifted. Do we mean, listen to me here. When we get all the glory, we're no longer grateful. When we walk out in this daily life and say, look what I did today. I made this happen and I made that happen. We lay our head on a pillow every night, full of pride and full of arrogance, but never grateful. Never grateful. When we give God all the praise and all the glory, when we give God all the control, we lay our head on our pillow every night and say, God, I'm so grateful for you. That I should be washed away. I should be imprisoned. I should be uh, not living but God, you're such a good God. God, you are in control. Gratitude lays down idols in our lives. See, idols 
We see it all throughout the Bible, but idol, an idol is anything you love more than God. I love this. You know, that's not idol. Yes, it can be an idol in your life. I worship this idol over my Savior. See, idols are anything in your life that you love God more than God or you spend time more than God, things like that. Idols are anything that we worship more than God. They're not bad things until they replace God. You know what fasting does? And worship team's going to come on up here. You know what fasting does? Fasting helps us to turn our hearts back to God. Sometimes our hearts are, are chained to, to, to a particular idol in our life. Sometimes our hearts can be just simply distracted. Sometimes our hearts can be simply tied on to something that's pulling us away from God. If we want to say, you know what, God, I want to pause in order to play the right song. I want to pause in my life to say, God, I'm going to make some adjustments in these next 21 days. I'm going to remove some bad habits. You know what I love about that number 21 too? Is after 21 days, you can create a new habit. For some of us, we won't go back to those eating habits. For some of us, we won't go back as severe to social media, TV, television, movies, whatever it is that God is placing on your heart. But as I was writing this message this week, I was simply thinking about fasting and and, and when we fast, it helps us to realign ourselves. Helps us to say, God, you're in control of my life. That, Father, you know what? When I fast, I'm going to begin to change my perspective. I'm going to change my focus these next 21 days. And I'm going to give it all to you. And as I was writing this message, an old song came in my head. I'm, I'm talking old, all right? An old song came to my head. And here's the lyrics of that old song. And I want us to sing that. But it says, when the music fades... And all that's stripped away, I simply come. That's what fasting does. Fasting saying, God, I'm removing all this from my life. I'm removing all the distractions from my life. I'm removing things that I enjoy just for 21 days. It's not a cultic thing. It's not a weird thing. But God, I'm going to simply remove it. Because that when all things are stripped away, I simply come. I bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not what you desire. But during these next 21 days, God, you search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. The song is called The Heart of Worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. God, I'm not going to worship social media. I'm not going to worship those likes and those approvals. I'm not going to worship that comfort and find comfort in food or comfort in this and that. I'm going to find my comfort in God. I'm going to find my source in Jesus Christ. And so can we sing that just for a second in our seats? And I want us to, they're going to lead us in because you know I can't sing. I want us to usher in the presence of God today and say, Father, I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't planning on doing 21 days. I wasn't planning on fasting. But just something speaking to my heart to say, when the music fades and all that's stripped away, I simply come. I'm giving my heart back to God today. I'm turning my heart back to the worship of our Savior. So go ahead, worship team. If you know the song, will you sing with us too? I want us to give God just a second in this message to say these words. Go ahead, guys. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Just to breathe something that is 
or later, God puts the brakes on our lives to let us see what's really in our hearts. I've realized that if we're, if we're too devastated by failure, there's a good chance we're using God's glory to increase our reputation instead of pointing to his glory. I've noticed in my life that God has a way of putting his finger on our most treasured possessions to test us to see what's most important to us. Just look at Abram. When God said, take your one and only son Isaac and sacrifice him. The Bible said God was testing him. That when we pause, we're able to see what is really valuable in my life. In these next 21 days, I'm going to be kind and rewind. But I'm going to pause. Say, God, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It happens to me. It happens to us. Where we're moving too fast. We're hustling. And sometimes we forget. But today I'm going to pause and say, God, I, I give you my life. Maybe you're here today and you said, you know, I was just going after God in the beginning of this year. He was all I thought about. He was my source. He was my need. Sometimes in those blessings of God, we get distracted and we forget. So if you're here today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not done with my message. I'm going to try. But if you're here today and you say, I need to go back to the heart of worship, I need to realign myself. And maybe you're here and you've grown cold over the weeks and over the years, over the holiday season. But 2018, you're going to cross over tomorrow. Tonight, we'll count down 10, 9, 8, all the way down, 3, 2, 1, Happy New Year. But when we say it tonight, Happy New Year, we're going to say Happy New Me. I'm now a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm going to allow God to do a work in my life. I'm not perfect. I'm messed up. I got flaws. I got things in my life. But I know God can do it. Whatever head bowed, if I close, that is you today. And you say, Pastor, I need you to just pray a prayer with me. Help me take my first step by verbally acknowledging that. By verbally acknowledging that I need Jesus in my life. If that is you today, we just raise a hand and say, will you pray that prayer with me? I'm not going to single you out. I'm just going to point and say, yes. I ask you to join our church. I'm simply asking you, will you give God 2018 of your, all yours, God? All yours. So thank you for that hand over there. Thank you. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you for that hand over there. Thank you so much. Thank you for that hand. I want to say, everyone say this prayer. Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I want every single play, person in this place say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Coming Realigning my focus to you. Realigning my focus to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And be Lord of my life again. Be Lord of my life again. That Jesus, you were raised to life. Jesus, you were raised to life. So in 2018. So in 2018. Raise me to new life. Raise me to new life. I give you the next 21 days. I give you the next 21 to days. To focus on you. To focus on you. In Jesus' name.